Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. Eric Nash, like the song. Uh, have we met? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm uh, Niall McGowan from uh, Bat Minute. You're, you're doing some good stuff at the beginning here. Thank you very much, sir. Oh, no problem. Just trying to think of any dialogue. And he's like, oh, it's, yeah, just use that. It'll be fine. <laughs> Um, well, uh, we, yeah, we do have Nile back. Uh, thank you so right. much. We would have also accepted an intro of just, I'll never tell. <laughs> just, yeah. just leave it at that. Like, who the hell is hosting this show? Minute, minute over. Episode done. <laughs> um, minute 26 here is starting with William asking Penny what her real name is and ends with Dick preparing to bring the band onto the stage. Mm. I do have, I, I really appreciate, um, again, too, just from the little. Little bits of facial acting by uh, by Kate Hudson here, like the fact is we're coming off like yeah, hit William now meaning I'm 15, and she kind of she almost has a kind of smile of like respect of like oh you had me there like I was I was buying all this crap you're feeding me and now it's like oh I wouldn't have thought you were 15, and it's and maybe too because she started young as a as a, um, a band aid. So seeing someone yeah. that young come in, she's like, oh, very, like, again, much like when oh, I see you've got yourself a pass. She's giving them a bit of like, oh, so you're, some, you're a proper kid in here, too, but like I was. And um, again, too, maybe she just admires the fact that he was lying because all of Penny Lane is a persona. So, again, it's a little mark yeah. of respect of like, oh, I see you're having a little you're having a little uh Sheath protecting the truth there, I see. I I understand that. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and like like we've already pointed out here, there's there's no more ages, as I was uh, proffering at the end of last minute. Mm. Um, and, and she does, uh, there is this real name, real name, her real name being uh, asked about, and uh, she's not going to tell, mm-hmm. as you also pointed out. And th- and then this is about when uh, Feel Flows ends, and then he's asking her what's her real name, and and uh, or no, yeah, what's her real name? Song ends, and then uh, River by Joni Mitchell starts playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of 
I think again there might be like a deeper meaning behind River coming in mm-hmm. there because there's a lot of things. Just even I've only done like a kind of preliminary look at like the history of of the of the, the song, and mm-hmm. it seems to be there's a lot of things where you're like, oh, that kind of matches up with that and stuff. Like um, even like you know, it's it's kind of more you assume it's about Penny and Russell because it's when it's playing as they're been reintroduced to each other. Uh, and apparently, River is a song based on Johnny Mitchell's relationship with uh, Graham Nash mm-hmm. from uh, you know, Crosby, Stills and Nash, and the Hollies was one of my dad, my my dad's yeah. favorite oh, okay. bands, the Hollies. Cool. Uh, and I think like they had a relationship where like oh yeah, apparently they met they met once. They kind of had like a very intense like experience together hmm. where like they just went up and hung out for a while, and like, Graham Nash completely fell head over heels in love with her, and then they separated, and they just after that one meeting they didn't see each other for like a year or two and then they were reintroduced and that's when the grand romance happened mm-hmm. which is kind of like what's about to happen with yeah. uh, with yeah. Russell and, and Penny Lane mm-hmm. um, but there's also those other things too just like in, in the lyrics of the song about like uh, you know it's, 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 it's about Christmas well it's not about mm-hmm. Christmas it's set at Christmas and then she's going on but you know she says like it never snows here it stays pretty green and all that kind of stuff and you're like what kind of that that harkens back to the very beginning of the movie when you had the the chipmunks Christmas song yeah. playing over Will, William's childhood, but showing yeah. you the sunny the sunny streets and it's like oh that's a contrast very similar to and they're from the same city they keep they keep saying uh-huh. so it's a little thing of like you're getting within the use of that song kind of the love triangle because it's like yeah it's a, it can apply to all three of these people <laughs> kind of <laughs> so like if, that, if that's what Cameron Crowe is going for and I, I think you know there's a lot of times in Batman where we'll come up with a convoluted theories about things where you're like oh that would have been great if that's what it meant but we don't think that Tim Burton would because it's just like I doubt <laughs> like I love Tim Burton as an artist but I don't think he would go that deep with this thing yeah. whereas Cameron Crowe because he's a guy who you know who knows music so much I would, wouldn't hesitate to say that he like really thought a lot about what songs were going to go where in the movie. Something like that probably did occur to him, where he would know the history of the song, and he would know exactly what the lyrics are, and exactly what he's trying to evoke within the scene and stuff. So, uh, that that would be my theory as to why River mm-hmm. is playing uh, in this yeah. particular scene. Yeah, and it definitely it definitely isn't Christmas time now, in 70, here in 73, when this, pretty much all the, all the rest of this movie takes place, essentially. Um, it's, it's, it's in the spring. It's, uh, we, we get, uh, his graduation stuff happening. Um, uh, but, but, the, but the scenes you were referencing earlier, there's actually the deleted scene we, we talked about that was on, that is on the, uh, untitled extended cut uh, of the movie, um, where, sh- where his mom is a kind of accosting a, uh, a, a window sign painter for using the, the Xmas <laughs> instead yeah. of Christmas, so it's probably not Christmas. Mm. Um, so that definitely, that definitely seen, and I think I figured out it must be like late, essentially the end of 68. Mm. And this is like, really, it's, this, is, this isn't really four years later. It's like four and a half years later, I think. Yeah. It's the end of 68. I got a lot of questions though about, I know she doesn't feature in this scene, mm-hmm. but like, I love Frances McDormand and I love yeah. her. I love yeah. her in this movie, but I never quite understood of like, you always got the the feeling that Anita was really sneaking around, listening to stuff, mm-hmm. and it was like very, very secretive that she was into all this kind of stuff until she just couldn't hide it anymore. Whereas William seems to be like, she seems to be like, oh, she's very 
she never seems like she's overtly strict with him. She's just like, oh, she's very, like, she keeps the house the way she likes it, and she, you know, will be very forceful in her opinions, but I don't mm-hmm. think she'd ever be that restrictive to him. But it does seem quite odd that he's, like, he's such a, a good kid, yet he's very blatantly into all this music that she despises. And I'm surprised that she kind of lets him, like, there's no way, she, you know, he could be hiding the fact that he's listening to all these LPs and stuff up in yeah. the room. Well, yeah, um, and it's LPs that, that his sister supposedly collected without, I yeah. guess, Elaine knowing, but and then handed down. And he's, and he's really, he's seemingly really, you know, has this interest because of that handed down yeah. collection. You know, without that, then it's possible he would have had many less <laughs> yeah. um, uh, albums just, if, he, if he had gone out and bought any on his own, you know, at some point. I just always wonder if it's like um, Lane Kim and the Gilmore Girls. Like, that's the same, kind of the same plot, like a very restrictive mother. But, like, she has to properly hide everything she's doing. She's got, like, a ridiculously almost cartoony hiding spots in her room for where she keeps all her stuff and, uh-huh. like, has to change her clothes and the way to school because she yeah. she's wearing cool stuff when she gets to school, but she can't let her mom see it and stuff. Uh-huh. So you imagine you could have went that way with William, but it seems as if, like, Elaine is, like, I guess maybe because it's more uh-huh. realistic. She's like, I don't like, I don't approve of any of this, but, like, I can't, I'm not going to squash my child's interest. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she, she could be kind of, like, making her it's, her, it's her second try on her second younger kid. Oh, that's <laughs> you know, true. So, yeah. she, so she's acting differently <laughs> with this one because she knew, she understands how she screwed up with the first one. <laughs> you know, doesn't mm. want to do the same things. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, really strikes me. Actually, again, this would be completely, <laughs> probably completely irrelevant. You could cut <laughs> it out. But like uh, in that movie, mid nineties, it's the whole thing of Catherine Watterson's the, okay. the mother. And you see the older brother of the main kid seems really, really messed up. And he keeps mentioning it's like, mom was very, very different when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. And like when I was a kid. And then she seems very loving to the main kid. So you really get that vibe. It's like, oh, this second kid's like, oh, I'm not messing up like I did with that other guy. <laughs> like, I'm really trying. So that's a good point. Like, it could be that she's like, yeah, I really don't want the, don't want him to become an air, air steward in like three yeah. years' time or whatever. <laughs> that's much uh, lower expectations than she has. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the other thing I mentioned before is... is um, with with the mother with Elaine play, played yes wonderfully by Frances McDormand is that I, I I just get confused sometimes as to whether or not she is kind of you know on the progressive side of things or conservative. It's like she's progressive as because she teaches you know college kids and she mm. she tries to expand their minds and 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 her and her kids' minds in that respect too a bit. But then she's more protective about. Too much expansion, possibly with her kids. Though. Yeah, I guess it's just the changing of the times too, because like, yeah. which would have been progressive for her in like, you know, she's obviously very into To Kill a Mockingbird, so she'd be into like, oh yeah, well, you know, uh, racial equality and things like that. But then when it comes to like generational shifts, and she's like, hey, I'm all for like, you know. Uh, free freedom of people and equality for all, but this free love stuff, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not on board with this. And like this casual drug use, like for, for, no, 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 I'm not. I'd be the same thing. You probably get it like in this generation where people are like, yes, I completely support uh, you know this and that back in the day, and then now they're confronted with you know now they've hit thirty and they're confronted with younger people going on about like we need to get rid of all concepts of gender and stuff like that. And they're just like, what the hell are you talking about? That's crazy. I'm, I am I consider myself very progressive, but this is nuts and that kind of thing. So I think it is just like, she was just on the generational cusp 
of like, well, I was progressive, but now this new thing is, you know, I used to be with it, and then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it, and what is it is weird and scary to me. It'll happen to you. <laughs> so. Thank you for pulling pulling that reference in. Yeah. <laughs> Something I always look forward to on that minute. <laughs> so so then there's this part where sh- sh- Penny is has shifted down lower on these crate storage container things that they're probably I guess they're just kind of sitting on. We actually see someone later sleeping on on some mm. of these sta- fairly standard you know things at at, at uh, especially bigger yeah. gigs. I did actually notice though as well in um six I looked up the like a uh, a draft of a script from ninety eight. Yeah. And there was a line missing where she says to William, do you want to know what age I am? And he just says, no. Oh. And I that that just left that out. Because uh, I was made this, this uh, like, this. it made him seem a bit more clueless. It's like, you know, you could be like trying to charm your way with this woman, man. She'd come over to you. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, nah, not interested. <laughs> just <laughs> let me go back to scribbling on my notepad here. <laughs> um, But then, so then what I was getting to is, is you know, so Russell... We he he start, he's walking towards who he sees uh, William. He doesn't. I don't think he. I don't think he knows that Penny's there, and Penny definitely doesn't know he's coming up behind her. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, and you know, w- would Russell have acted differently? Would he have? Would he have avoided her? Possibly. That's yeah. That's a. You also wonder too, like. You know, have you ever done that thing where there's someone you like at a party and you're just strategically, oh, maybe I'll hang out here and then they'll come walk across me. There could be a little bit of like Penny saw him like in the distance and she's like, there's Russell, yeah. but I'm not going over to him. Mm-hmm. But he'll probably wander over here because this is the way to the stage or something. So she's yeah. like, she'll come along eventually. And like, may- you could be like, if you wanted to be a bit more cynical towards her, you could be like, that's the only reason she's chatting to William. It's like, I need yeah. to have a reason to hang around until this guy comes over. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, because when he says, like, you know, shouts over, like, oh, Russell, come over here. There is no reaction on her face. So that could mm-hmm. be her. Like, you think if she knew Russell Hammond was there and she didn't expect him to come up behind her, she'd be a bit more like, ooh. But she might. it could be that she like she either thinks it's a different Russell or she's just like, I know he's coming. Like, um, I'm just hanging out here. And like, oh, we happen to bump into each other and then and, and whatnot. You think we need to get on the show is Kate Hudson. Then she'll straighten all this out for you, Eric. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, just... definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got lines on a couple other people there. Oh, nice. Actually, nice. actually the one that's already been, been, we've already had his only scene in the Want to Get High guy. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he's credited in IMDb. Yeah. Um, but then there's another. The, the other later, I, I think it, w- it would be pretty interesting. Could you, if you get the, um, do you want to see me feed a hamster to my pet snake? Guy? Oh yeah, right. If you can get yeah. him, can I please just at least come on the call for a second and be like, it's you. Yeah. I love you, man. <laughs> I love. I just. I love Russell's. I love the yes. That's like you want to see me feed a hamster to my pet snake. Mm-hmm. Yes, like he's just so ready to see that. <laughs> but speaking of Russell, uh, <laughs> here he here he comes. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 William goes about making these introductions because what I was just saying with with you know the other thing if if she had been more in in Russell's eyesight you know there could have been something more obvious a, a clue that William could have had mm. I think 
that uh, they maybe knew each other as as Russell approached. But because of the way it was staged, yeah, you know, it just so happens that uh, that there that there's very little uh, possibility for them to kind of interact. Mm. And William just goes right into it. Hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you talked at all as, about as well about the? Because I think it's only been mentioned once, maybe before, uh, the the nickname for William, like the enemy. Have you talked oh, about yeah. the, mm-hmm. the various links that there might be to that? Because over in the UK, no, there's, there's, so. a, there's a pretty major so, one in the UK. Because the, the for the longest time, and it's, I think it's still going online, but it's not a very good. It's yeah. not as, as well regarded as it once was. But the biggest the, music publication the of right, um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, the the enemy. Like I always the, thought that sounded like. The word enemy. <laughs> yeah. I think like, that's what... Every, similar, here, similar to in excess. <laughs> yeah, everyone over here always refers to it as the as as the as the enemy. So, mm-hmm. like, and the, like uh, you can get, like, they'll reprint the best of the enemy from, like, the 60s. So it was definitely a thing mm-hmm. in the 70s. Uh, it's a thing, Cameron oh, yeah. Crowe, I'm yeah. sure he would have known about the new musical Express. So I wouldn't... I was always kind of curious if that was supposed to be, like, a double joke of the fact that, like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a known music mm-hmm. publication, but there's the enemy, but they're the enemy as well. So it's like, mm-hmm. ah, it's a kind of little clever, it's a little clever joke that uh, Stillwater have been uh, have been perpetuating <laughs> for, for a while. <laughs> well, and that makes two nicknames that William has, mm. with his oh, other yeah. being by the Band-Aids of Opie. Oh, yeah, and I didn't understand that <laughs> for a bit. Even though yeah, I, I seen didn't that. get it, wow. The thing is, I had seen Happy Days, and it was only a while okay. later. I was just like, "Oh, that is that what that's from?" Like, well, well no, not no, not Happy Days. This is it not Happy Days? Oh, it's, oh, apparently I'm not even up to date on what what that's it's, from. It's Andy. It's before that Andy Griffith show from the late fifties, very early sixties. Oh, I've never seen it. Never seen. It's 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 a you know an Opie. Opie is definitely not a normal name for people in America. Mm. But but I don't know if it's I I, I I would assume it's more normal for the South and that's yeah. where that's where that show was set. Mm. That's just one of those ones though. Little, of like there's, there's so many American things I know about, but mm-hmm. I've never seen them. Like who's the boss? I no, know yeah, what yeah. who's who's the boss is because I hear about it from other American wow. things. But like. Um, mm-hmm. Just yeah, Gilligan's Island. Never seen an episode of Gilligan's Island, but I know I know everything well, about it because I've heard I tried it. watching one just a week or so ago, and it wasn't good. So, uh, but I, I loved did, it as a kid. I remember like, over here recently they put on um, yeah. the Dick Van Dyke Show on mm-hmm. Netflix. I actually mm-hmm. watched a couple episodes. Like this yeah, is really good. Those are this good. is like yes. yes, and so and so is Andy Griffith compa- mm. compared to. Gilligan's Island, that's for sure. I've, I've been watching some Andy Griffith lately. Yeah, I, I, I've not gone back to in a good few yeah. years. I've not gone back to Happy Days. I wonder how that's aged. But yeah, yeah, I've been watching that for a while. Yeah. Well, and, and the standout character really is uh, on Andy Griffith is Barney Fife. Oh yeah, and that's that's Don Knotts. Mm. If you See, know who Don Knotts is, I just, again know yeah. the name, kind of yeah. know the face. Okay. Is Don Knotts is he the kind of that guy like he, oh why there's so many ostriches? Yes. Like, oh that yes. guy. Yeah. So yeah. He, he's, okay. he's a nervous Nelly, he's, <laughs> and he likes to act tough sometimes and suave <laughs> and so forth at, sometimes. But then it, tables get turned pretty quickly usually when he is. I think I've definitely heard in movies too like someone will be like all right Barney Fife like that yeah, it's thrown yeah. out as an insult. But sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Similar to Opie. Here. Yeah. They just have to accept yeah. like I guess that's a thing. <laughs> but, uh-huh. 
Uh, but yeah, like no, so yeah, there's a, 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 a cultural, uh, a cultural gap for me right there. It's like, oh, so Opie, I was wrong all this time. There was nothing to do with Happy Days. It's, 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 it's well, there is the connection. It's the same actor. Okay. All right. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's why you're thinking that. That's somehow that you got the actor right. Just the wrong show. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Ron, Ron Howard, <laughs> the director, <laughs> Ron Howard. <laughs> So so then so then something to support what I was saying last time I think is uh, Russell's motion his hand motion on her kind of like face hair yeah is similar to what she was doing to William so he was doing it back to her if if she had done that to him before <laughs> hmm. that's a good point yeah that could be yeah, yeah that's actually is a good pull that yeah they might have they have a weird thing for for hair <laughs> brushing these these two. Putting hair in its place, <laughs> but uh, I do. I'm, I'm very curious about like uh, Penny's laugh because you could take it either way. Where like this seems, you know, again, Penny Lane is all persona. Like she's just very much like I carry myself a certain way. At the end of the movie, beyond the fact of what her real name is, we don't even really know anything about her. Like you get a little shot of her back in her home kitchen and it's like, I have no idea what her parents are like or what the, what they're up to or like all this kind of stuff. But, mm. um, so when she kind of has this brief pause and like, you know, rubs her face against her arm and then gives this laugh, it could be like, he's melted through the persona and this is, this is coming out. Mm-hmm. Like the, the big, the big beam and smile. Or it could be like the rubber face was her kind of getting back into more of like a charming, he did have her out of character for a little bit and this is, the, the laugh then is more her going back into, charming penny lane territory it's good it could be interpreted either way really mm-hmm. hmm. and and i will have to bleep that just like uh just like uh in kill bill <laughs> <laughs> the people like, i've never seen the movie you know? like, <laughs> i do have to say as well like i'm, I'm certain you, you mentioned the the original guy up for russell hammond like in in brad pitt like Ooh. that he was oh yeah right Mm-hmm. And like I have to say, thank God he didn't take it because yeah, it would have been way too distracting. It's like it would have become like a Brad Pitt movie. Basically, he was like, "Oh, that's that movie where Brad Pitt's a rock star." Whereas like now, I think the, the kind of strength of the, one of the strengths of this movie is that at the time, at least, everybody in it was right. unknown. Yeah, I, th- I think this. Yeah, I think this is pretty similar to what we had for Watchmen. You know, where we had, I mean, you know, Francis McDormand really is probably the biggest star. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Off of coming off of Fargo, like three mm. three years roughly. I, I guess maybe there. maybe Jason Lee, because people would be like, oh yeah, yeah Dogma and Ma- stuff. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, Mall Rats and, and all that. But Jason, oh, that that Ke- the Kevin Smith guy, yeah. Mm. But like, um, but yeah, the, it kind of then becomes like a, a Kate Hudson movie because she was the face of it for for a long time. Yeah, right. They, yeah, they heavily used that for marketing. Mm. That's for sure. I, did, I was never a fan of. I've got a, I've got a nice. Uh, uh, poster of it in my in the oh, house, yeah. it's like a, but it's like a green background. And it's just the purple glasses and like a oh, okay. a backstage pass. I like that. I like that minimalism. I, do, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I do quite like the, the the poster where it's just her face and the titles written in the glasses. But never never liked that one. It used to be on the old DVD where it was basically just Penny Lane in her underwear lying next to a guitar. Yeah, like that seemed uh, very sleazy. <laughs> like yeah. that was like, you know what's gonna sell this movie? <laughs> you get that girl in her underwear and you fire that out on the posters mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like, eh. it's, it, that, that, stri- that strikes me as very like, nah, it's, a, it's, 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 it's not true to the spirit of the 
the movie either really i think it's even though there's a lot of sex and stuff in it mm-hmm. yeah that, that's the one i've stayed away from for any graphics yeah <laughs> yeah it's just like a, i think it is just, it just dates very very badly i think but uh but yeah yeah then we get the the prolonged handshake and right william kind of realizing i guess he's a little out of his depth because he's kind of like oh i thought i had the one up in these two it was like i'm introducing people i'm i'm bringing people together and now it's like, oh, these two very apparently <laughs> already know each other. Well, and, and what it, what it is, you know, he it, it so it, it cuts to their hands shaking with William's face behind, and and at at, at the start of that, he's looking over at Russell, mm. his, but but not, you know, his head is faced towards the hand shaking, but his eyes are looking over towards Russell, mm. and then they dart. To the handshaking, a <laughs> second beat st- is there, and then they go over to Penny. <laughs> mm. So, and it's all out with his like lips almost kind of almost pursed, but not quite. You know, yeah, it's it's, it's a pretty blank face otherwise. You know, but but just his eyes just darting from the, <laughs> between the three. Yeah, I wonder what it's he's wonderful. What he's feeling though is he kind of like look? I've met I've met a person. I'm making friends, Russell. Look at me. Like look at how. Yeah. Right. Or has he got to kind of like, hey, you... Or maybe he's like, hey, I might be in with this girl, Russell. <laughs> and now, yeah. and then that's why his face takes such a turn when he sees the prolonged, the prolonged nature of the, of the handshake and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's just a well, uh, well-played scene. I do always kind of wonder why, like... Because well, William, in a very kind of dorky way, where he's just like, this is Penny Lane. Like, uh, she's called Penny Lane. Like... Uh, all this stuff is because I'm recording from Liverpool, about yeah. half a mile from, when, from where Penny Lane actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Like I've been there a bunch of times. It ain't as glamorous as you think it is. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> um, nothing. Any 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 song named after a place in England, it's it's gonna be a dump. Like yeah. <laughs> just like, I can guarantee you, it's not gonna be a nice place. It might be a tolerable place, but that'll be about it. Yeah. Uh, but the Russell then goes like, "Oh, Penny Lane, like the song." It just seems very. I wonder if the... why. Why does he say that? Because he knows her already. Is it just more? Is he just saying it for William's sake, or is he like? Did you think maybe when they met up previously, she went by a different pseudonym? She called herself something else, or maybe back then, just like, "Oh, Russell, this is Sergeant Pepper," <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. "What the hell? <laughs> you don't look. You don't look old enough to be <laughs> sergeant in the military." <laughs> No, I, I, you know, I, I, I'd say she's been going by Penny Lane for, mm. back, you know, back when they were around together. Yeah. She maybe for a while was Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, it's not as sexy. <laughs> like, Eleanor Rigby sounds like somebody who was about seventy years old. <laughs> well, when we did talk about the 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 other band aids, their names a bit, the the mm. three others that we know at this point, at least, uh, the you know, Polexia and mm. Sapphire and Estrella. Ooh. You know, Let's say Polexia yeah. is never str- it just sounds like a disease. <laughs> like yeah, that's not yeah. a, that's not a sexy name to give you. <laughs> although I guess she's a teenager, so she's like, what does she know? But mm-hmm. um although actually the teen right. you'd think of anyone, teenagers would know what what, what was hip and cool. <laughs> but I guess yeah, the Polexia was maybe back in the seventies is like, oh yeah, people were going by like uh I don't know, S T D and stuff. Like it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's, 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 people love this. <laughs> Vague, vaguely kind of disgusting sexual names. <laughs> um, so are, are we, you feel done with that scene now at this point? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I'm, think I'm so, done. So then it cuts to Dick, 
you know, behind, you know, more or, or much closer to the stage than what we've seen for this scene. Uh, um, stage is right there behind him. There's guitars up on it, you know. Um, but and he's he's just kind of seemingly preparing, you know, for I think uh, the band coming on. Mm. Um, now, now I think it, I'm awfully sure it's here where this uh, this one cut scene that we have for this week. Um, and it's, and, and there's, there's a further scene between Russell and William. Oh. And so Russell's saying, come here, man. I want to tell you something. It's not what you put into it. It's what you leave out. You listen, you listen to Marvin Gaye, a song like what's happening, brother. There's Mm -hmm. a single woo at the end of the second verse. You know, that woo, that single woo. William says, I know that woo. (laughs) Mm. Um, Russell continues, yeah, that's what you remember, man. It's the little things, the silly things, hmm. the mistakes. There's only one of them, and it makes the song. It's what you leave out. Yeah, that's rock and roll. What you leave out. Yeah. And you're supposed to, and you're supposed to be the enemy. What are you? Eighteen. And William says yes. <laughs> and Russell says, "There you go. Still young enough to be honest." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bitter irony. That's mm-hmm. uh, a. That's not the thing about like Russell too, because like it was so. It's a testament to Billy Crudup that like he's so likable in this movie because he could have yeah. played him as such an egotistical dick, but like Jeff Beebe comes across as a dick yeah, right. in, in this movie. <laughs> but Russell always seems like even when he does, you know, he he, he kind of shafts William over at certain mm-hmm. points and stuff. But he also always every time he does seem like, oh no, we'll do the interview later and stuff. You always believe him. Like you're always like he. No, he's not intentionally fobbing this kid off or something like he when he says it he means it but it's just like he just forgets or whatever or he's always hold up in the life of being a rock star so when little scenes like that and the little bits that he is talking to william where he seems to be very genuine with him and stuff like you you do believe that he he does like this kid and he does it's not he's not just having them there to he just likes someone there to self-aggrandize him or not yeah. self-aggrandize to aggrandize him mm-hmm. while he's hanging about and stuff like um which you could have done like it could have been that you painted him as a very very unlikable egomaniacal prick <laughs> where <laughs> you get a little bit of that cuz that is in there but yeah. he you know Billy Crudup just sells it that he's like no you can't you can't help it you can't stay mad at this guy come on um so then then the very last uh part of the minute is is the audience it's looking I'm pretty sure this is the front of the stage, and it has roses on it. Yeah. Did you did you happen to notice that, Niall? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure if that's a normal kind of custom. I mean, I haven't been for for bigger gigs. I've never really been too close to any bigger gigs. Not that I've been to that many big gigs either. Mm. Um, but um, I certainly don't know if that's a usual custom or what. I do know apparently. That shot is direct a direct reference to uh, the Neil Young live album "Time oh, Fades Away." Cool. Uh, and if you look that up, yeah, it's an, it's virtually identical. Uh, apparently, yeah, it's like a um, a Neil Young album that was uh, yeah, this is a live album he did after Harvest came out, and okay. he was so unhappy with it that it's like it, you can only really get it through bootlegs and stuff. Oh, really? Which is like, because that's Cameron Crowe. He, Cameron Crowe, he's cool like that. He'll reference yeah. the cover of the bootleg album <laughs> that he's got going. Um, but yeah, yeah but I think that was just, uh, that was just, yeah, going through IMDb. That was a random thing that popped out to me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a weird 
the weird well, pool. And, and I do believe there is actually in some of the records that he's looking at earlier. I'm pretty sure that, that is one of those records. Oh, there you go. There you go. I'm pretty sure. I know it's a live live Neil Young. Mm. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, as if Neil Young been unhappy with not live Neil Young. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. What must have it sounded? <laughs> it sounded like because Neil Young is like, I think half the appeal is that he sounds really rough live. Like, yeah. he's a really, mm-hmm. he's a he's a hard rocker. Like, he's really. Um, it sounded too good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember one time too watching uh, Human Highway, um, the the Neil Young directed movie he made with um, Dean Stockwell. Uh, and it was, I think it was one of the things that Revered is like one of the worst movies ever made. And I watched it and it's like, it's pretty good. <laughs> like it's, it's got a very ham-fisted environmental message because it's Neil Young in the mm. 70s. So of course he's not going to be subtle about what he means and stuff. But like it's him with Devo. Devo were in the movie and Dennis oh. Hopper is wandering about in the background because that's always the, like the dark days of Dennis Hopper where like, I can imagine they're probably leading him to where he needs to go via like a laser pointer or something just to be like, Dennis, get over there. Just say this line and for the love of God, don't break anything. Um, but like, yeah, there's a, there's a scene in it where like uh, Neil Young and Devo were doing, uh, you know, my, my into the black and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it go- it's one of those ones because love Neil Young. But it, one thing I hold against him is that he's one of these guys of like, let's just jam. And that'll be it for like five hours. <laughs> like they're just he's he's just gonna dicker. You look in the extras for the last waltz. Like there's a jam session okay. at the end, and Neil Young, of course, is front and center in that because it's like yeah, let's just let's just mess around with the guitars and just like play whatever the hell comes to our minds for like five hours. It's like, uh, and you can get the vibe that that's what he's doing in that recording with Devo, and you almost see in their faces of like, oh my god, can we just stop playing the song already? <laughs> So again, if Neil Young is unhappy with this <laughs> this time phase away album, it must be something. Yeah, that, that's that's a pretty uh, interesting connection between Neil Young and Devo, because of the 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 state I'm in, in here in the U.S. is Ohio. Oh, nice. And he's the one who writes song Ohio out of the Crosby Stills Nash and Young when that yeah. when they were all the four of them were together. What's a really set song uh, for, for the Kent State shootings. Was it the, the Devo lyric to was like, I've got a rhyme that comes with a riddle. What's round at the front and high in the middle? <laughs> yeah, this... Oh, I, I'm not aware of that. But, yeah, but from, no, no, uh, the, connect, the connection is, is they're, they're from that uh, city oh, that, that Kent State is in, is Akron. Okay. okay. And, and, they went, and they went to Kent State um, just shortly after, a little bit after is when mm. they attended. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't think they were there then. Any of them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, so I think, I think that's the end of the minute. You have anything else for the minute? Uh, no, I think, I think that's, I think that's me. I think that's me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this is a great time to, to talk, talk about, find out even more about that bat minute, I think. And any, anything else you're, you might be planning on doing. I mean, I know that you have those other two <laughs> movies mm. that you're going to be getting to here soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I noticed from, uh, from Batman cause, um, We've got. I think we're trying to establish a Patreon. Uh, it's mostly just because uh, mm-hmm. the first time I was with John, so he's a he's a, he's a very busy man. So mm-hmm. he a lot of time will come out with like things of like, oh, we should do this and we should do that. And then it's like, I'm going. I've had to schedule with you. We're not going to be able to do that because you <laughs> won't be able to keep up that schedule. Um, 
So I think we're uh, with Batman. Yeah, we're trying to set up a Patreon where we might do like random reviews of like things mm-hmm. affiliated with Batman. I know if uh, we were uh, we're looking to do a review of the movie Rockula, uh, which is very tangentially related to Batman Returns, which is a bizarre um, like rock comedy movie about a vampire because he's called Rockula, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, co-stars uh, Tony Basil. And um, <laughs> that guy, what do you call him again? Uh, Thomas Dolby, the cheap oh, blind to me with science guy. Mm-hmm. And me and John watched it already, and it's like he looks identical to one of our friends who's been on Batman. It's like, <laughs> so we've got a whole wealth of material to talk about that just by itself. Uh, and then, yeah, there's no, because we'll, um, between seasons, we always do hiatus episodes. Uh, so we'll be, if you go from between the 89 movie. And Batman Returns, we did a hiatus uh, season where we did like one episode a month, uh, reviewing the movies of Prince, uh, yeah, yeah. which which is a, a drastically sliding scale after, after you're done with Purple Rain. <laughs> let me tell you, um, Purple Rain's the best of the bunch. <laughs> that, that was the thing. I, it was weird because I went back to Purple Rain. Yeah. Um, we had we got two guests on, and I hadn't seen it when I was since I was a teenager, and I remember yeah. hating yeah. it then. And then I watched it again. And I was like, "Oh, this is actually like a pretty good movie. Like, this is a lot. There's a. It's not great in the execution, but there's a lot of good ideas going on here." Mm-hmm. And then one of the guests we had on was um, a couple of years younger than us, and she was seeing it for the first time, and she just had all my hatred from the first time I saw it. Where she's like, "This is the most insultingly stupid film ever." And stuff. <laughs> um, and beyond that, yeah, I think we did an episode, uh, episode reviewing uh, Batman Ninja, which is just something to be seen. Is a animated film that came out last year uh, wherein Batman is transported back to medieval Japan um, and it just gets crazy. It starts off pretty crazy because it's like Gorilla Grodd's the villain and stuff mm-hmm. and then at the end there's this like you know the, the Joker's house is turned into a robot and then Batman gets an army of monkeys to form a giant kind of mecha for himself and then that mecha is covered in bats, so it makes a giant Batman and stuff like that. It's just like, it's it's crazy. And we had a great time talking about it. So um, if you want a, a little taster of Batman, you don't want to jump in beginning of any of the seasons, uh, yeah. uh, you can listen to those episodes because they're about like an hour each. Uh, give you a, a flavor of the show. Uh, and maybe if you like that, then it might entice you to listen to, to more of it, maybe. So I certainly hope so. And, and here's one I, we can cut this out, but uh, uh, one to one to offer you. I haven't seen all of it. I actually just recently just started watching just like the first five minutes. Maybe I think that's all I made. But uh, the Forbidden Zone. Oh, well, um, you, you know that one. Oh, I've seen Forbidden Zone. Yeah. <laughs> like it's um, okay. wow. It's a uh, oh, I love Forbidden Zone because again, that's just fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. But, um, we have a, a kind of hard time talking about it because. Uh, when Danny Elfman, he has a cameo in that as the devil. Um, and it's weird because you look at Danny Elfman, it's like, oh, he could have played the Joker. He's got that kind of Jokery face. But, like, it's a great scene that he's in, but it's because it's harkening back to, like, um, the kind of Betty Boop cartoons of, like, the 1930s oh, yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's people actively in blackface. Like, they're doing mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. old stereotypes of, of um, you know, African-American people and stuff. And it's like, 
we didn't want to talk too much about the scene because it's like this is a it's a good scene technically because he's him singing many of the moocher and stuff as Danny DeVito sings many of the moocher but it's just the lead up to it's like oh yeah this is really really and I think at the time it was offensive too but they were playing yeah. about with like like oh yeah we're, we're we know it's offensive yeah. But we just did on the show. We were like, do we want to talk about it just in case we slip up and say something inappropriate ourselves. So, um, but beyond Forbidden Zone is is bonkers. Like it's 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 mm-hmm. a terrific movie, well worth watching. It actually would be if we do random reviews of things a month. Forbidden Zone would be a good one to cover actually at some point. So thanks for thanks for the suggestion, Eric. Oh yeah, yeah. Even though I like I say I haven't watched all of it, I'd I'd be I'd love to hear you <laughs> go on about it. <laughs> It's one of those things like unless you unless you're into that kind of stuff like it it, it could test your patience very mm-hmm. quickly because it's it's yeah. very much just weird like it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 there's scarcely a plot in it basically but. yeah right <laughs> okay um so I mean are, are you are you sure I you want to get any uh of your personal or or the shows uh, uh oh. social media and. Oh yeah, we're just uh, we're on all the all the social medias. Like, uh, just yeah. type in Batman, it you'll you'll find us at some point. Um, so yeah, this is just uh, if you should if you type it, we will come. <laughs> okay, that sounds great. And uh, so this was uh, minute twenty six here on Wednesday. We'll be back Friday. One more minute with Niall. Minute twenty seven. And until then, it's all happening. It's all happening. I am a golden god! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.